Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. This is Off the Chain with special guest, host Ian Bush. So tonight we will have an uh, interesting author on our show, potentially. He is author Terry Maggart, and he'll sit down with us again until uh, until we, we get some confirmation. We will do a couple of housekeeping items beforehand, and we will go on with the show.
So as Yvonne likes to call it, some some shameless promotion. We have a couple of uh, ads I'd like to read to you. So you guys may know Amy Lyle, been on our show. She's a comedian and actor that lives in Atlanta. She has a unique outlook on life. Most people hide their failures, but Amy wrote a whole book about hers. It's called The Book of Failures. The book opens with, I have been married for 20 years, not to the same people, but 20 years nonetheless. The book talks about relationships, how hard it is to blend a family, and just funny failures of everyday life. The reason it's been a bestseller for over a year is that it's so relatable. Everybody needs more laughter in their lives. Buy it for yourself or for a friend that is going through a hard time. The Book of Failures is available at some Barnes & Noble stores and on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, or you can listen to the audio version. The Book of Failures by Amy Lyle. Get it today. Looking for a listen? Adopt. Don't shop for your next audiobook favorite. The Adopt an Audiobook program has new releases and audiobooks of every genre. All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. Simply listen, share your thoughts. We just released two more books this week. In Kai Dante's Strategium, people are so happy about the destruction of the anti-fertility virus that they want Kai to run for president. Kai Dante for president indeed. The Oberlins are back and are successful in diverting the virus that is destroying the fertility of the populace, but in return, Sanctuary is attacked and the family members are scattered to fight radiation sickness alone. Given only a strange poem to use, will Kai and Micah figure out the puzzle before they all die? Who in the family will survive to destroy the tyrant running the Brotherhood? And in the next book, Clan Falconer's War, a fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war. Lucian thought that as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as simple as a simple landowning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for holidays. After all, there were seven brothers older than he with much more entitlement to the inheritance. However, through a massacre and magic, his simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end, as he ends up leading the forces of his clan and the kingdom against an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced, an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falcon Crest survive the war? Sam Holden is back at, at it as our favorite vigilante. The third book in the series has just been released. In Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat, everywhere ebooks are sold. If you haven't started the series yet, be sure to begin with Dog Gone by Diane Moat for free on Amazon. All righty, now that we've... Uh cleaned up house and did our shameless promotion. We will soon be potentially uh, having a discussion with our guest for tonight, Terry Magritte. He is a left-handed father of an apparent nudist, husband to a half-Norwegian, herder of cats and dogs, lover of pie. He writes books. He's had an unhealthy fascination with dragons since the age of, well, for a while. Native Floridian, a current Tennessean, location subject to change based on insurrection, upheaval, or availability of coffee. Ten books and counting with no end in sight. You've been warned.
So until we get some confirmation that he's here, um, we should do a little bit of catching up. So this week is going to be an interesting week of shows. Um, if you did not hear the episode last night, Yvonne Mason's best friend, partner in crime, and husband passed away, unfortunately. And so we, uh, a couple of us, decided to help her out a little bit because we, we can't even imagine what she's going through right now. And we knew that, um, you know, trying to plan shows as much as she's an amazing woman and all that could be a little bit uh, potentially hard to handle at this point in time. So some of us graciously asked Yvonne, hey, do you, do you need a hand? And it was amazing that she said, sure. Because as we all know, when we when we have projects like this, um, Yvonne pours her, her heart and her soul into these projects. And you hear it in every show, her social media platforms. So sometimes it's really hard to say, you know what, I, I can let somebody sit in the seat for a little bit. I can take a back seat. So it, it shows not only the um, the courage that she has to allow somebody else to drive the car for a little bit, but now it shows that she also has an extreme amount of courage um, handling the show and handling the loss of her her, her dear friend and husband. So. She actually has planned a um, celebration of life for this weekend. So it starts at 3.30, uh, and she wanted to note that the beloved Florida Gators kick off against LSU at the same time. So as, as I've been researching, that's a very fitting uh, time to do a celebration of life. So during that time, if you all have a moment in your day, just give a thought to our uh, best host, Yvonne, and pass a good good goodwill or good karma to her that everything will be all right and we'll have her back uh, on the shows as soon as she can. So I know for a fact that she appreciates all of you, the listeners, um, giving people like myself the opportunity to come and interview and entertain for the night. So if anybody would like... I will open the air for a little bit until our guest comes. So if you want to call me, Ian Bush, and uh, talk about what's on your mind or, or pitch something out there or even give a message to Yvonne, uh, you sure can. So here's the call-in phone number. I will wait for everybody to get a pen and paper. I hear people scrambling. The guest call-in number is 516 387 Five six. One more time, it's 516-387-1756. If you want to call in, I'll uh, add you to the show and we can get off the chain together real fast. The outlook for the rest of the week, Thursday night at 8 p.m., author Joan Hazel will be on the show. And we'll also have another special uh, guest host, Julie Morgan. Julie, Julie Morgan was uh, gracious enough to take the guest host spot for that night so I could celebrate a, a special occasion in my life, the five-year anniversary of um, being married to my wife. So what does that mean for all of you? Well, it means that 
Young Love is still alive and well, and uh, obviously I haven't screwed up too bad because she hasn't killed me in my sleep yet. So if you try hard and you, you mean well, you too can be uh, married for almost uh, half a century. <laughs> half a decade, excuse me. While we wait um, for somebody to call in, we have the biography of Joanne Fisher pulled up. So, as I stated, uh, tomorrow is going to be, excuse me, Joan Hazel, my mistake. Joan Hazel's biography has been pulled up. So, Joan Hazel is didn't save correctly. Regardless, so Thursday night will be author Joan Hazel. Friday will be off. Uh, we'll all take a break, and Saturday night at 8 p.m., it'll be author Joanne Fisher. So I do have Joanne Fisher's bio up. So Joanne Fisher is a Canadian-Italian-American author of her first season romance titled With All of Me. Her short story titled The Christmas Concert is featured in the Space Coast Writers Guild anthology titled Holidays, and her second short story titled Victoria's Doll is featured in another Space Coast Writers Guild anthology titled Florida. She's married to the love of her life, Dan, and she presently lives in Central Florida with her husband and her two dash hounds, Wally and Ozzy. Follow Joanne on Facebook at Read Joanne's Books or Twitter, or Twitter at Joanne's Books or Instagram, Joanne underscore books underscore 2018 or send her an email at Joanne's underscore books at outlook.com or visit her website at www.joannesbook. Joanne is spelled J-O-A-N-N-E-S and books.com. So with All of Me is a romantic erotica story, and she's also been featured in a couple of short stories published, The Christmas Concert, featured in the SCWD's anthology titled Holidays, and Victoria's Doll is featured in the upcoming SCWG's anthology titled Florida. Another Floridian to add to the uh, to the to the, to the uh, show. So, if you were listening to us last night, we were talking to Ross Cooper, who is a uh, real life cowboy who's who's done it all, country singer. So. It was a great conversation. If you didn't didn't get a chance to tune in last night, we were lucky enough that we had two of his uh, songs that we could have played last night. We played "Rode the Wild Horses," so that was actually a really good song. And he's definitely not somebody that you would traditionally think of as a country as a country star. Um, he has a very unique style of playing, and it was definitely it was definitely really cool to listen to. Um, especially for somebody who doesn't typically listen to country. So while we wait for somebody to call in, I, I, I'm actually going to play one of his songs. Uh, this is Old Crow Whiskey. Again, it's from Ross Cooper. Take a listen. The week comes in And 
cattle for cooking if the cows get fed. And cotton for clothes if the wind sets still. And if the rain ever comes like we know it will. And we'll dance in the rows and we'll all sing a song. When the bad times come, we won't stay for long. But fall and harvest in the summers in here. We'll have old crow whiskey and a cornbread moon. Old crow whiskey and a cornbread moon. Gonna keep a cheap taste, but not a rich man. I'm gonna build me a house and live off the land. And find me a wife, start a family. They're gonna look like her, but they'll act like me. And we'll dance in the road and we'll all sing a song. When the bad times come, it won't stay for long. For falling harvest in the summers in blue We'll have old crow whiskey in a cornbread moon Old crow whiskey in a cornbread moon Times get hard, and if they get worse, I got crow in a jar. And there's a cornbread moon coming up tonight. So how the hell are you sad when it feels alright? And we'll dance in the rows and we'll all sing a song when the bad times come. We won't stay too long. For fall and harvest in the summers and blue. We'll have old crow whiskey in a cornbread moon Old crow whiskey in a cornbread moon So we'll dance in the road and we'll all sing a song When the bad times come they won't stay too long The fall and harvest in the summers in blue We'll have old crow whiskey in a cornbread moon Old crow whiskey in a cornbread moon gentlemen like i said that was ross cooper old crow whiskey and a cornbread moon so that was actually a really great conversation that him and i had last night he's touring he's doing he's doing a lot of stuff um it was really kind of inspiring to hear how much uh love and devotion he puts into his music so that was it was a great great interview i would highly suggest if you have a bit just put it on in the background and uh take a listen for sure So recently, when when I was doing research um, for the show tonight, I came across a article that I thought was kind of interesting, and it was in regards to 
the uh, difference between being an author and being a writer and how that it is a world of experience. This was actually written by um, our guest, Terry Maggart. And I thought that was an interesting and really uh, profound thought that there is a big, big difference between being a writer and being an, an author. So the difference being is that one is a hobby and one is a profession. And we've talked about it a couple of times. We talked about it last night with um, our our guest as well, that if you want to do something, you just need to go out there and do it. And I think that's kind of what that quote's about, is that, sure, you can say you're a writer, but at the end of the day, when you when you cross that bridge, you get that that good pat in the back, you get the, the firm shake of the hand that, yes, you've crossed that bridge and you've become an author. So I thought that was a really profound quote that he uh, actually wrote in one of his blogs. And it says a lot about the journey of being an author and a writer. You start out as a writer, writing in journals, not telling a whole lot of people that you're doing this weird hobby of pretty much having voices in your head tell you, oh, yeah, write this. Oh, yeah, you should do that. And then you cross that bridge to author where people are enjoying the uh, the time that you put forth with these voices in your head and saying, wow, that was really great. I didn't see that coming. So it's really interesting to hear a journey like that for sure. And, again, if you'd like, it's open mic night. So if you want to call in, the guest call-in phone number is 516. 516- Three eight seven one seven five six. Whatever's on your mind, we can chat about it. The uh, other shameless plugs that we've done in the beginning, I guess I can do one of mine as well. So I am a Michigan native, and I've been writing stories for about 13 years. My first self-published novella, This Story Has Soul, was released in 2010. My novella, Wishes for the World Around You, was published from a 2012 writing contest ran by Two Moon Press of Marshall, Michigan. In October of 2013, my short story, The Devil is in the Details, was published in the anthology, Satan's Holiday. Satan's Holiday was actually a book that um, Yvonne put together and brought a lot of us into, uh, into the fold, and it was such a great, great project. In 2014, you can see me published in the Shadows and Light Anthology, Don't Look Back, and Spectral Hauntings 2. I was also a contributor in Blessings from the Darkness, an anthology published by Black Bed Sheet Books to help support best-selling author Yvonne Mason's fund for her son's undiagnosed illness. I am currently spending my days writing and enjoying my time with my wife and my daughter. You can catch me playing disc golf at the local disc golf courses, And if you want to contact me, you can find me on Facebook as author Ian Bush. You should definitely put in there. Uh, You can catch me playing disc golf while not being a college student and a full-time employee and and a father and a husband. It's uh, kind of crazy how how life builds up like that pretty quick. You, uh, You really take it for granted until you sit down and you actually see what you've done. And I think a lot of people don't do that in their life. Um, I know for me, I'm, I'm probably my hardest critic. You know, I, I get really upset 
with myself because I don't meet my own expectations. And usually my expectations are two notches above what people expected of me to begin with. So if they wanted me to get a B in, in school, I wanted to get an A. If I didn't, get, I didn't meet my expectation, and that makes me upset. Even though I could have maybe got that B and met theirs, um, because I didn't meet my own standard, I get more upset on myself. But even just taking some time right now just to read about my career um, for as short as it's been, it, it's pretty crazy to see how far I've come. I think everybody should take time to to not only take a break, but actually look at what they've created and look look at where that could take them, look at what they could do next. So this is actually the portion of our show that we will play a couple more ads, some more shameless plugs. So after our ads, we'll see if anybody calls in. If not, we'll keep on keeping on. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought divorce was bad with other life lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. And that will take you through life changes, the highs and lows of it, through pop poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. You can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andwethought.com, just in case you didn't get it the first time. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. Andwethought.com. Bye-bye. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, 
a husband that has little interest in her well-being and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we're back. We are off the chain tonight. So we had some shameless uh, shameless marketing and some ads. And if you'd like, you can still call in. Still open open mic tonight. Our guest call-in number is 516-387-1756. If you want, you can have 28 minutes of speaking your mind and we can chat about whatever you want. So I think the big thing that we've also uh, discussed this week is having having um, a little bit of, of gratefulness for the things that we may take for granted. Um, I know that we talked about it last night and that we, uh, my guest and I, Ross Cooper, we, we talked about having a lot of um, respect for where, we, where we've come from and where we've been to where we got and just not taking that for granted, um, making sure that we always kept that in our mind that, you know, it, it, it was a long road and sometimes even if the grass is greener on the other side, sometimes it, it isn't always the same or it's not what we expected. So what I would ask of you all to do this week is to definitely take time and think about the things that you are grateful for and maybe the things that you don't necessarily um, appreciate all the time. You know, if it's calling your mom and telling telling you you love her or your father or telling a friend, hey, you've really been there for me and I appreciate that, you should definitely do that this week. Drop a line. And we actually have a someone who's calling in. 
Um, we will stand by and see who it is. Welcome to Off the Chain. Who's this? Hey, it's, it's Chad. Hey, Chad. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain. So, what is new in your world? You 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 had a couple of new items that you've been working on, correct? Uh, yeah, I had a book uh, come out last uh, month, and middle of last month, called Skullface Boy. And then I just had another book come out, uh, I guess yesterday, I think it was. It wasn't supposed to be out until Halloween, but I, we did a really quiet release for the paperback so that we could get it, the paperback into the hands of reviewers, and people found a couple of people found out about it and started buying it and started tweeting about it and stuff. So we started selling copies and we decided to just go ahead and <clears throat> release it yesterday instead of trying to be quiet about it for another four weeks. And that was, uh, uh, that book's called out behind the barn. And I wrote it with my friend, John Bowden, who, <clears throat> excuse me, who wrote Jedi summer and sponge onion. So I'm I'm actually kind of um, curious. Why didn't you want to tell anybody about it? Did you? Well, we had a we had a certain we had a certain plan. We got the book done. We had a certain schedule that we wanted to try and follow. We finished the book um, I think in August, and then we wanted to get to beta reviewers and have them read it over. <clears throat> so uh, we were a little ahead of schedule, and then I had all of the <clears throat> excuse me, man. I had all the formatting done for the uh, Kindle and paperback and everything. Everything was good to go. Then we wanted to get all the uh, uh, advanced reader copies, both electronic and paperback, into the hands of reviewers and you know magazines and blog sites and stuff like that. And so we we did that, um, and we figured we'll give them you know a month to get their reviews done and out there and everything and have some you know. Uh, reviews popping up on Amazon and things like that, but <clears throat> and we had had some ads that said that it would be released on Halloween. But but yeah, when I um, did that real quiet release, which is basically um, putting it live on Amazon, but not telling anybody and not having it hooked up to mm-hmm. my account yet. But um, yeah, a couple people <clears throat> ran across it, and then next thing I know it's being tweeted all over and people are buying it and stuff. So um, we thought, well, heck, we might as well just, I mean, it's ready. <laughs> so we might as well just release it right now. The only problem with that is there's, there have been no reviews for it yet. So hopefully when the reviews um, pop up, then people will get excited and it will already be there. And But the Kindle is only on pre-order. The Kindle is available Friday, but the paperback back is right now. Hmm. I mean, and then Skullface Boy without, has been up. Go ahead. Even without any of the reviews on Out Behind the Barn, um, Skullface Boy, I think if I remember correctly, you ordered how many copies and it sold out in the very first day that you got it? Is that correct? <laughs> I, didn't re- I, didn't send, I didn't buy uh, a lot. I think about 30, and they sold out right away. And then um, – uh, I kept getting messages for more, so I I ordered more, and then uh, I sold most of those. Um, but and those were just for signed copies. You know, some people just wanted didn't want to wait, and they wanted to just get it from directly from Amazon, and then some people wanted uh, their copies signed. So 
I did that. And that was uh that came out on September fourteenth and that's been getting a lot of good reviews by uh Cemetery Dance and um mm-hmm. a couple different a handful of other um websites that their name eludes me right now. I think uh Kendall Reviews and horror novel reviews and um uh, Cedar Hollow uh horror reviews and um some other places like that. So you got to understand though, and I was actually just talking about this uh, before you called about, you know, giving respect to the, uh, the thrill of the journey. Cause I, I, during the um, time we were waiting for someone to call on, I actually read my bio. And when I was reading my bio out loud, that she kind of um, gave me a moment of realization that, Oh man, like even, the small time that I've been writing, we've we've done more than a lot of people can say. So for you to yeah. um, say, you know, it's just 30 books, I mean, that's still more than what most people can say. I don't think personally I've ever sold 30 books in one day. So still big kudos <clears> to <throat> you, man. You're, you're really rocking the uh, the author. Wow. I, well, I know thanks, you're bringing man. a couple of us. Uh, I, I know you're bringing a couple of us up with you. So it's good to see um, – not only an author who is passionate about their writing, but spreads that passion like a like a good virus, like a good flu bug that you want, and you kind of bring everybody else into the fold. So. Oh well, I mean, there's you know it it might sound strange, and I know you have uh, you and I have talked about this before, um, but in comparison to some people, I'm not um, I'm not even you know I'm not as prolific as a lot of people out there. Plus, I mean my a lot of my stuff is short too, you know, I don't write these big epic novels or anything, you know, as a matter of fact, um, I, most of my stuff is just, well, all of it, I think is, is, uh, or novella length. So, um, but I think that just has more to do with, I don't have a whole lot to say and I like to write stuff with minimal characters because I, mm-hmm. that's how I kind of like to, I'm not into big epic things. You know, I could never write Game of Thrones or something like that where there's like, you know, 80 different characters and even some of those characters have a dozen different names to go by. So I, I could never do anything like that. I like real kind of intimate, you know, two, three, four characters or whatever that we can all get to know. And I mean, Skullface Boy has actually quite a quite a few characters, but it's kind of episodic. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an episodic road trip where each chapter is almost almost reads kind of like a story in itself, but it's all it all flows um together. So I actually um I actually have a, an interesting question about that. So okay. when when I told people that I wrote some some stories or whatnot, I said the same thing that, you know, they're not really long they're just a couple of short stories, and most of them are in are in anthologies. And I had mm-hmm. a lot of people, and good, bad, or indifferent, judge me and say, "Well, you're really not much of an author. Then you don't have the novel or the novella, or you know, you've never stood alone. You've always kind of leaned on anthology people." What is mm-hmm. your take on when you have reached the writer title? And I'll tell you mine after um, you tell me yours. When do I feel I have reached the writer type, the that title? Yeah, when 
when when do you feel somebody can actually say, you know what, I am I am an author, and they put their foot down mm-hmm. and they're like, that that is me, very cavemanish. I am author. Ooh ha ha. You know. <laughs> I think that that can probably be subjective. I mean, some people even at my level might not, or maybe not at my level, but some people might think that that they're not a writer until they're able to quit their job, maybe, which I'm not able to do. I mean, I make monthly supplemental income from it, but I'm I'm not I'm nowhere near able to quit my day job. Um, I have some friends that have been able to do that in the last uh, couple of years, and it's cool to see them grow and and be able to do that. And then you've just got people that don't have an interest in that, but they do write a lot, and they get the stories out there. Um, if somebody wants to write a story and be published once, and then that's it, I don't necessarily no, if I'd call them a writer, um, you know, it, it, if somebody goes and shoots a game of pool, um, or, or or goes to the golf course and plays a, a round of golf, and then that's it, they're not a golfer. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I would think yeah. if you're actively doing it, then you know why not call yourself a writer? But if you just oh cool, I got something published, you know, if, if you're treating it like a hobby. Um, which some people do, and that's totally cool, you know. And yeah. and uh, I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is, if if it's something that you're actively doing, and it's and um, then I think that's when I felt comfortable with calling myself a writer. When I was, you know, when a lot of my free time was spent, and I was always, you know, thinking of ideas and writing ideas down and trying to get published and sending stories out on a consistent basis, then that's, I guess, when I felt comfortable with saying, you know, that I was a writer. But I don't think there's real any golden rule to it. You know, I don't think that, like I said, some of that might be kind of subjective. And I don't, you know, as far as people telling you, well, you're not a writer, if you, do, you know, who cares, you know, what they say. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't really change anything. Validate or invalidate. I mean, yeah. And there's and there's some authors too who just like make it huge and they haven't published a short story anywhere. I don't know a lot of the history behind uh some of the people like the chick who wrote uh Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff like that, but you know, something like that comes along, um and it's like, yeah, obviously people would think of her as a writer because of the big deal, but what if that person hadn't written anything before that and then by accident this fan fiction from what i understand i think it was some kind of twilight fan fiction that she was trying to write you know so yeah i just think mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that there's any kind of set rule to that or anything i definitely agree with you that um i believe there's no set rhyme or reason it is quite subjective um mm-hmm. i also agree with you that you know you use a, a perfect metaphor that if i go golfing one time i'm not a professional golfer I just went golf. Yeah. So yeah. I think using that subjective tool, um, I think you can call yourself an author whenever you feel like exactly what you said. You didn't feel comfortable calling yourself that until you reached a certain title. I think it's the same exact thing for me, is that um, to quote-unquote earn that title, you, of course you have to have a work or two out there, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a big difference between just being a writer and just being an author. Um, 
but I, I agree. I think it's something that it's it's just that that nod when you finally feel like you made it when you went to your first author show. I, I remember when uh, my first author show was um, it was a book signing for like an art festival in Albion, Michigan, mm-hmm. and that's when I actually felt like I was an author because I was around all these other authors and. Um, I had my books there, and you know, I was—I don't know why I dressed up. I remember I dressed up in like a button-up uh, shirt, and it was really hot. I mean, it's—it's it's Michigan fall, so it's those last couple yeah. of hot days before the winter comes, and you know, then you wish that right. it was fall again. But I think that's yeah. when I—I I, I knew it. I was like, wow, I've really made it. I'm, I'm with these other people, and they're telling me how to like sell their sell my books and how to, uh, you know. Next time I do mm-hmm. another book signing, I should do this different or do that different. And just having that, that group of people come together and just kind of give me the nod that, you know what, this kid this kid did something. That's when I kind mm-hmm. of gained the title. But I also think along the lines of you is that, yeah, it's something that you still have to work towards. Yeah. I would call myself an author loosely right now because I don't think I published mm-hmm. anything since like 2017. 2016 timeline. So I think I've well, your your thing too. Your your story is different in that you started probably earlier than most. You know, you won that contest and you got the um, in Michigan and you got the your your novella published and everything. And uh, you were writing consistently. You know, you had stories and stuff, and you were getting and published and you had stuff that wasn't published this, that you were, you know, dinking around with or self-publishing or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, then you, then you went into the service and you started, you started a family. So, I mean, those are, you know, and that would put a hiatus on any, I mean, those are big life changing moments, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would, I would think that, you know, I mean, enlisting in the service, I mean, getting married and having a kid and trying to write at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I've never been in the service. But uh, being a new father and a new husband, um, you know, your focus is on other things rather than sitting around, yeah. you know, writing and stuff. So I, I could see you, uh, you know, eventually coming down the road and, you know, if we're down the road when things have, you know, and just maybe if you still have a passion for it, doing it more you know, more consistently. I think my big thing too is with any hobby, like if you really want to do it, you'll find the time. I didn't understand yeah, that um, for a long time. I didn't understand what that actually meant because people used to tell me that when I was a kid, oh, if you want to get better, you know, playing disc golf, you'll find the time to go play disc golf. You'll you'll make the time. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem really fair because I only have a certain amount of hours to do throughout the day. And then mm-hmm. um, when I started to work full-time, and go to school for three classes, and still try to be, uh, you know, a good husband and a good father, um, I really found out what that meant, because it was my bus ride in the morning that I could take 20 minutes to knock out a form. It was my Mm -hmm. lunch hour at work that I could sneak away for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and read a couple pages of my textbook. It was a bus ride home that was another 20 minutes that I could do another couple pages. So I never really understood yeah. what that meant until I was so up to my eyeballs and <laughs> and stuff that I had to get done 
where just in the two bus rides and lunch, that was an hour right there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you're absolutely a lot right. Of people don't, I, I think a lot of people don't respect that. I think a lot of people see this monumental task of like, oh my God, I got to write this uh, 100, 150 page book and I don't know how I'm going to do it. But even just off of 60 minutes, if you do that five mm-hmm. times, you know, if you have five hours a week to devote to writing, even if you write complete hogwash, there's still probably a nugget in there that you can pull out and say, you know what, there's something here. And I don't think I yeah, ever... I mean... Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, even if you're only writing like uh, 500 words a day, um, I mean, you can have like a, I can't remember what the math, I think it's 500 words a day. In a year, you can have like a, you know, you can have a novel, like a 60,000 word novel or something. I may be way off on the math right there, a 60,000 word novel, but um, but you, I, I meet a lot of people who would really like to, to write, or um, mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of people who, who uh, they, they would like to write, or they've been, or there's the people who have been working on the same book for the past decade you know, and they want to get it just right and stuff. If you're working on a book for the last decade, you're not working on that book very often. I mean, you may have started it a decade ago, but you're not doing it consistently. consistently. And you're absolutely right about the um, making time for it. I've got a friend who um, worked really hard in his, uh, I think it was four years of writing, and he uh, disciplined himself to get up at around 4 o'clock in the morning um, he didn't have to be to work until like something like six thirty or something like that. He would drive to the mm-hmm. uh, uh, coffee house that opened really early, and he would sit there for an hour and a half, two hours, and write. And then he would go to work. And he did this every day. And he put out a six book series. And then uh, mm-hmm. he's one of my friends who ended up quitting his. And he had a decent job. And he ended up quitting his job because he he can afford to because uh, he's making money off all the, you know. And, but he 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 had a full time job he had a kid he had a wife and you know he just made it happen it's just that that's tough to do you know get, get up that early in the morning i couldn't do that if that if that's what it took i don't <laughs> think i could do that but that's not how that's not how my work schedule is uh, my work is very flexible um i have an extremely supportive wife who uh, loves it yeah. when i'm <clears throat> writing it's not like she's <clears throat> trying to fight me for my time or anything like that I think that's um, one of the things that I'm extremely uh, grateful for, too, is that, you know, doing these radio shows um, at night, this is during a time where I'm trying to put Kato to bed. So when I'm doing radio shows, you know, my wife's taking most of the, the bedtime kid duties. And right. that gives me that 60 minutes to do a radio show, to talk about these books, to write a book, to do homework. So I'm with you that, like, a majority of my successes would not be successes had my wife not um, sacrificed something for me. Oh, totally. I'm extremely grateful for that. And that's not just trying to get, um, you know, kudos or or brownie points for when I get off the phone. But, you know, it's true. Mm -hmm. The people around us, you know, even if you don't have a significant other, um, just having a friend that will motivate you or something like that, say, hey, you know what, Let's, let's, let's do this and get you in your zone. Yep. It could be I, I've got Yeah, I've got friends and family that have surprised me on both ends. I've got friends and family who haven't read anything that I've written, which I thought they would, and that kind of surprised me. And then I have 
friends and family who are very supportive and they read everything I write and that shocked me. So I've, I've gotten both, but as far as my wife goes, man, I, there's no way I'd be able to do this or even have the, the ambition to do it if it wasn't for her. And it's not because she's like a, a yes man, you know, she's not, if something's not working in a story or, or something, she does not hesitate to say, you know, no, that doesn't, no, that, that doesn't work. You can't do she's that. My or, or whatever. <laughs> she's a, uh, yeah, she's not afraid to tell me uh, no, but she's so encouraging, and she reads, like, everything that I write, no matter how disgusting it is or how, um, you know, and not everything that she likes. She doesn't like everything. And if there's if there's something that I can tell is just – I can tell it just resonates with me and it's for me and she doesn't like it then um, I'm okay with that. But there are some times where I'm like, I don't know about this part or something. And if she says anything that I know, yeah, okay, that's, I need to take that out or I need to change that or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, thank God for her. Does, the wife did not bless um, this. <laughs> yeah. Because I would not, um, if, if I didn't have her there to share stories with and have her say, Oh my gosh, that's so good. Or, you know, <clears throat> then I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have it in me to keep going. I can't imagine writing and having nobody to, to you know, egg you on and, and, and help you in, in that way. And I do have uh, some friends who do write like that and I don't I mean more power to them. I don't know how they do it, but yeah. You, you do get to a point though where, um, and we're actually in our last minutes of our show. So I'm, I'm going to, end up um, asking you where we can find your work on the lasting point is I think that's, that's a big point that you brought up is that um, if you don't have that, that cheering squad and whatever artistic mm-hmm. thing you do, forget about just writing books. If you're painting, if you're um, a musician, it's extremely mm-hmm. hard. And I think, um, you know, again, not bringing up me personal, but I think, uh, I had so many supporters for so long, kind of like how you said that you had some people who surprised you with the support and some that you didn't so much. I think the people who were supporting me were so disappointed that I kept not bringing the bacon home on it and I kept not writing. Mm -hmm. So they're like, well, why am I going to support someone who's not taking my support serious? So it's definitely a a reciprocal relationship that if you have somebody who's willing to push you like that, um, it mm-hmm. definitely helps. It definitely makes you feel almost obligated to be like, oh, man, I have to write for fill-in-the-blank because they told me they loved my last novel. And I have to tell them what mm-hmm. happened next. And so <laughs> definitely um, an interesting thought for sure. Well, hey, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for doing it uh, last minute. We're almost yeah. to the end, like I said. So why don't you uh, shout out a couple of places that we can find you if we want to find a couple of your works. Um, dot com. I would be the the go to place. C h a d l u t z k e. dot com, and there's links to everything. You can sign up to my reader list, and I will occasionally send emails out where I do giveaways and cover reveals um, and stuff like that. I have a Patreon page uh, or a Patreon page uh, where I do. Uh, exclusive short stories and um, video blogs and stuff like that or or vlogs as the kids say I guess Um, 
where people can uh, pledge and see those. Um, you know, that's mainly for people who are like really into, uh, you know, re- readers who are already really into what I'm putting out and everything. So, but all those stories are, are like unpublished things that are, are just exclusive there. But yeah, everything, everything can be found at my website. And yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Well, hey, thanks again. I, I really do appreciate you calling in. We definitely had some good conversations, and I think uh, the listeners definitely have a couple of uh, they can walk away with. So thanks again, man. Right on. All right, Ian. Have a good night, man. You as well. So in, in conclusion of the show, um, Yvonne always wraps up with a with a finishing thought. We've, we've kind of covered a lot of things today, and I think uh, it's about the journey, right? doesn't matter what medium of art you do. If you sing, if you dance, if you write, if you draw, doesn't matter. You got to have that team behind you. You got to have that group of people who are supporting you. And uh, you just got to get out there and start doing it. You got to start actively engaging in, in the crowds, meeting the people who are going to help you along the way. And just like Yvonne gave me, give them the opportunity to help or, uh, you know, show them how they could help others because this is definitely a, a hard road to be an artist and it's not a road that you have to take alone. So, again, tomorrow we will have uh, Julie Morgan as a special host and our guest will be Joan Hazel. That will be tomorrow, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Thank you all for listening. This is Ian Bush. We've been off the chain. <laughs>